Hi, listeners. Before we get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, a decision that stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive health care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans, a decision that could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to podvoices.help, P-O-D-V-O-I-C-E-S dot help. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Thank you. Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your kind and gentle GM, ooh-woo, Daniel Anderlich. And with me today is Face Babcock. What's up, nerds? Samson Davis. I was at Walmart yesterday. Do you guys know what dude wipes are? Yes. Yeah, they're butt wipes. Aren't those flavors interesting? I <laughs> Flavors? I didn't look at the flavors. Flavors? I was just walking by and just saw dude wipes, and I was like, oh, that's okay that's where mountain chill comes from like it's like mountain chill i'm just like why would you want that kind of flavor on your butthole oh no i wish i looked at the flavors i just saw dude wipes and i thought that was enough no (laughs) can we please stop calling them flavors (laughs) i don't want to call them scents (laughs) alex finn i mean at least i got a really cool album at the half price bookstore and i'm so excited i'll be jealous of my four dollar purchase we are jealous. It's a pretty cool find. Well, share with the class. Don't leave the listeners in suspense. So it's a vinyl album of the Three Penny Opera, and it's the cast recording from the time that Raul Julia was in it. And it has pictures. It's a very pretty album. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. You know what else is a good find? Is it finding good deals on DieHardDice.com? Yes, it is. Wow. Incredible. And when you find, I don't know if they have, do they have uh, frequent deals? Do they do that? Like a summer sale kind of thing, like Steam. I don't think they do. Yeah, they do sales. I'm not sure what's coming up next. Yeah. But you know what is always a sale is that you can always get 10% off with our code. Uh, Yeah. Do you want to do this? (laughs) No, I'm just... I mean, that's the kind of heart and soul of it. Die Hard Dice, online purveyor of beautiful acrylic and metallic Die Hard Dice, among other dice-adjacent objects and tchotchkes. Anyway, it's all good stuff. You go on there, find your favorite item that you want to have in your hands. And when you go to checkout, you just just use uh, Explorers Wanted at checkout and get 10% off your order. High quality product for a little bit cheaper and you're supporting your favorite podcast. So go do that, please. Die Hard Dice, Explorers Wanted, 10% off. So who remembers what happened last time? I'm going to pick on Samson. Too much talking for Sunday morning. All right, so last episode, Mags and Ilsen have gotten to the uh, Transit Guild location that supposedly Esri went into, or at least that's what Ferdinand says. We try to be stealthy. Well, Ilsen is stealthy. Mags just walks right fucking up. Mm-hmm. She distracts the guards. Mags goes in with the guard into the bathroom. Ilsen slips in behind. And while she's in the bathroom, Magpie finds a dead guard just in the bathroom. That's fun. Don't you keep those in your bathrooms? Elsen tries to move past the guard, but is immediately seen because I roll like shit. <laughs> um, Magpie takes the opportunity to get the dead guard's uniform upon her. 
We run, we fight, we win and hide the body of the knocked out guard in a nearby office space, find keys on the knocked out guard. And the plan right now is to kind of move around the space with Magpie as the quote guard and they'll send as the prisoner. Meanwhile, Esri is going to the Enclave HQ. She's hearing voices of some sort. They're going to get you. They're going to get you. Dig and dig until they find you. And then she sees some cops, runs into a cloud of maroon gas, and just takes a little nap. Easy as that. She then wakes up, tied up, for like two seconds until she breaks the chair and gets loose. In the same room, there's this pale dude, breathing rough, who's not really responding, but is vaguely aware that Esri's in the room, or at least somebody's in the room. It's hard to say. So rather than talking to him, Esri just fucking breaks out of this room, which is awesome, chases down the observers that were going to observe whatever's about to happen. There's a fight, and then I think Esri takes down like one or two of them, and then right behind her, his pale man starts moaning because he's out too, and that's where the episode ended, with us dealing with a, well, with Esri dealing with a SCP anomaly. Esri, you have just overpowered these two transit guild individuals. Weenies. And you've heard this groan from behind you down the hallway. And you now see that portly, naked, pale man standing in the hallway looking at you and those two guild workers. And he goes, (laughs) and he begins taking his first steps towards you. What happened to the weenies? Smack the shit out of them. <laughs> Is she still holding them? Yeah, you're holding them still. She's going to try to throw the transit guild individual at the creepy monster thing. Which one? Ah, uh, right hand. Okay. So you throw this figure at this approaching figure. They land. You hear their head smack the ground hard, and you see some blood starting to accumulate on their head. And this pale figure takes a few more steps forward. It will probably very soon be right next to that transit guy, but it hasn't, it hasn't changed its pace forward. It's just still moving at the same rate. How far does it go in around? At least the way it's walking right now, it's slower than you. Like, so in a round, it can usually only cross a immediate distance, but it also isn't running or anything like that right now. That's taking like slow plodding steps. She'll take an action recovery roll then. Probably a wise idea. Telling me. Oh, not bad either. I mean, not tier one. What is this? Figure reaches the transit guy on the floor and it reaches down, stretching its arms. And then you can see almost like the fingernails extending. They're still human fingernails, but it's like their growth has been intensified. And you can see them pushing bloodily out of the cuticles of its hand. And it reaches down and with a swipe slashes at the stomach of this transit guild member and essentially like comes bringing up a pile of organs. There's intestines hanging from his left hand and there seems to be holding something that looks like maybe a part of the liver. And it just raises it and starts pushing it against its face as if it's eating it. Except that when you look, you can see that it's not really chewing so much as it kind of tilts its head back and is going as it's trying to put the whole thing down its throat at once like a pelican. Esri will be momentarily impressed and then she is going to book it out of this area. Okay. So they were nearing a door when you caught them. There is a door leading to the left. To the left then. So you go to the left and find yourself 
in what looks to be like a small room, almost like a small waiting room. There are chairs along the sides, two or three chairs on each side, and there are two doors, one going forward and one going right. She's going to lock and barricade the door behind her quickly with the chairs. Okay. So she'll open the left door and look. The left door seems to... Well, you mean the one straight ahead? Yeah, there's two doors. Uh, two new doors, right? Yeah, straight ahead and to the right. Okay, straight ahead, yes. Okay, so you open that and you can see what looks to be a workshop of some sort. There are tools laid out. There are workbenches made of synth. There are a few lights that kind of snap on as you step in. Oh, she looks the shit out of this. Yeah. No, I mean, she locks the door behind her first and, like, moves the workbench in front of it. But then I I imagine these tools have got to be useful. Yeah, so you essentially have two sets of crafting tools. And you find in there... Ooh. Hmm. Roll me a perception. Okay. You're going to find something, but I'm just going to see how you do. It's a target of nine. I don't know why this feels so important to me, but I'm going with this guy. All right, and she is trained in perception tasks, so six, eight. You find two ciphers. <gasps> oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. One of these is new to us, I think, and the other one is oh-so-familiar. <gasps> nuke, 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 nuke. The first one is a memory recorder. It allows the wearer to mentally record everything she sees for 30 seconds and store the recording permanently in her long-term memory. Examples where this can be useful could be for watching someone pick a specific lock, enter a complex code, or do something else that happens quickly. Okay, that's legit. Datasphere siphon. Tapping into the datasphere's knowledge, the user can learn the answer to one question. Not just a yes or no question. I remember this. You guys see the new D&D movie where they like burn all five of their questions on the first corpse? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes, I have seen this before. <laughs> okay. Can't wait to blow that cypher. Mm-hmm. Magpie. So you guys had just taken out another guard. So you guys are now standing in this room. What do you want to do? I think we, we even just start exploring with the uh, prisoner and guard escort story. Okay. Are you going up in this building? Are you going to look for stairs and go down? What are you going to do? Down? This is an interesting question. What's kind of the architectural philosophy in Lathe? Because oh, yeah. in this world, we live on the surface, so we tend to build up. Is there a kind of... Do people build up or do they build down? Or what's kind of... Well, I feel like it's up is better. So you keep prisoners down. Uh-huh. Yeah, because the surface city is very aware that going down increases the risk of gas. When you're in the Warrens themselves, you're kind of fucked either way. Like, you definitely try to, like, most people will have the, you know, the first floor of a building, like, raised up a little bit. You'll have an entrance and then there's a portion where you step up onto because the gas is kind of heavy. So it takes a while for it to kind of build up enough. It gives them just a little bit of buffer to kind of see and respond to it. On the surface city, it's very much a thing where like you just build higher floors because you're on the surface. That's what you would do. There are some places on the surface city that might have like basement structures or things like that, you know, specifically for like any of the utilities that they're attempting to provide like aqueducts, things like that. 
Are we in the surface city? I thought we were on a lower tier. No, the transit building was on the surface city. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, yeah, they there's probably some basement here. It might be a significant where it might just connect to the sewer system or something like that. Since it's the transit guild, who knows what else it might be connected to. But the majority of this building is going up. I think we have to assume that Esli is being held as prisoner here. So I would think they would go down like a little dungeon kind of thing. I mean, yeah, that's usually how it works. All right. So stairs? Yeah, let's find some stairs down. We find stairs down. Okay, you find them, no problem. Yay! As you go down these stairs, you go down them into what appears to be some sort of basement. It's not like cavernous. The interesting thing about it, it is very much like this basement is lined with synth very tightly, which is something that would be incredibly expensive to do. It's out of the reach of most people, which might suggest that this has been deliberately insulated from the rock and earth, perhaps to protect it from gas or anything like that. There is a long corridor. There are doors on the side, but they're fairly well spaced apart. Like, so presumably, like, there's either big rooms on the other side, or it's just, for whatever reason, there's just, like, set junctions. The corridor stretches further than what you consider the base of the building. This is probably a good, like, 50 meters and it ends at the far side. And then there are two doors on the left and one door on the right. At the end of the corridor? Interspersed relatively randomly along the sides. Okay. There are no doors at the far end that you can see anyway. Right, right. And we don't hear any patrolling guards. And there wasn't an alarm that went off when uh, Elsen was seen. It was just that one guard that we... Uh... The one guard yelled. Okay. And no other response that we've seen so far. That you've seen, no. Okay. And we don't hear any patrolling guards down this corridor or anything nice and quiet? Mm-mm. Right. I guess we go to the first door and try it out. Okay. So the first door is on the left. Alex, does Magpie share that her of her powers? Does she... Is that known? That's a good question. That is a good question. I mean, Ferdinand knows about them, but I don't know if you've shared it with anybody else. I would say probably no. Okay. I guess that's only fair because Ilsen doesn't share her powers either. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. That's why That's why I asked. Because I, I was going to say, like, oh, hey, uh, Magpie, just stick your face at the door and you don't have to open it, but... No, open it. <laughs> uh, first door on the left, crack it open, see what's there. It's locked. Oh, okay. <laughs> next door. Okay, so the next door will be on the right. Can we open it? It's also locked. God damn it. Are we going to try any of these keys or are we just going to... Rattle door knobs. Oh, yeah, yes. Try it. So which door are you trying the keys on? The one on the right that we're in front of. Okay. Takes you about three keys, and then you finally find one that unlocks the door, and it makes a rather loud chunk as it unlocks. And as you open it, you see what looks to be a large room where they... It seems like almost like an assembly room. Whatever it's assembling is definitely a complicated piece of machinery. It doesn't look like something that you would have seen in the lifts or anything like that. So if you had to guess, you would think it's probably something that is related to at least some sort of the trains. They have two types of trains that they work with. They have the the droners, which are the local trains, 
And then they have the screamers, which are the high-speed trains that go beyond the city. But just from looking at it, you're not going to know because nobody ever really sees the innards of these. Right. There's not really any way you guys would know. If any of you wish to, you could try to roll something that you would propose to try to figure out if you can figure anything else out about it. Whatever it's going to be is intellect-based, and it is a difficulty... Well, it's going to be a, it's going to be a ranged one. So the minimum difficulty is 12. The maximum difficulty is 18. And you can roll that. If you have an inability in Numenera, it will hinder you. <laughs> would lore apply to this? Train lore. It's just generic lore. You could use lore to offset... Do you have an inability in Numenera? I don't think I do. Do you have Numenera? No. I'm neutral. Then you have an inability. You have training in salvaging, but not in understanding. Okay, so yeah, so you have an inability. Oh. With your lore, you could offset the lower target and make it keep it at 12, but you would not be able to offset the maximum hit. Is it worth it? Uh, While she's thinking about that, my flex skills perception, can I use that to offset my inability and understanding, Numenera? Because I think specifically Ilsen is looking at this room, just seeing if there's anything, like, expensive that she can grab and pocket. Expensive jewels or crystals or... Yeah, I'm just going to tell you, if you're using that skill, it's not going to tell you anything more about this machine. I I think... Uh, He's making the grabby hands. I think the only thing Ilsen would need to know from this machine is, is this immediately dangerous? Mm. Well, I would say this, that Magpie, whether she chooses to share it or not, since she has that sensing danger skill she would know this machine is not representing an immediate threat. That's ominous. <laughs> but you could make a perception roll for me, Samson, and it would be a 12. Yeah, I am going to do that. I don't even understand no Numenera. 19. <laughs> I understand it a little bit. The dad. Okay, so you're looking around. The machine is really, you're not sure what it is, but you do see something on one of the tables that you would recognize almost immediately as something prior world. Almost possibly a cipher. <gasps> Yay! I have one cipher active right now, but that'll run out in like 45-ish. If it's active, then it doesn't count against your holding because you're you've used it. Awesome. Then yeah. Anyway. Sen's going to uh quietly walk over to that table and see what's up. I decided I want to know the lore. So we'll deal with that after this. So the card gives me two options for this. One of these is a little bit too handy, but... <laughs> Samson, hey, Ethan's rods. Uh, They're both good. It's just one is... I want the really good one. Uh, uh, okay, Alex, roll die. Tell me if you get even rod. Sorry, I got even. Fine. Okay. It is like something about the size of your hand. It's like a weird, like, shaped object. Like, you could grip it, but it's not... It's not like a comfortable grip. It's like, it's just a little bit too big. Mm -hmm. This is a photonic smasher. When activated, it creates a glowing bludgeon about five feet tall that floats in the air and an open space within range. When the bludgeon appears, it immediately attacks a target within the short range of it, and if it hits, it inflicts four points of damage. The bludgeon remains for one minute, and whenever the user takes an action, he can move the bludgeon a short distance and attack with it. Ooh. You just found a Numenera spiritual weapon, essentially. I was going to say, this. <laughs> On my turn, I can move it, like, for free? On your turn, you can move it and have it attack something. Cool. It can move up to a short range. Awesome. I like that we found that in here, because that does make sense. It's just, like, 
Oh yeah, here's like a light hammer for those hard to reach spaces. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so Alex, you wanted to try to use lore, so yes, that keeps it at a twelve for trying to understand the machine. If you do reach an eighteen, you might get. Oh, I did get an eighteen. That was my even roll. Okay. I decided to double up. Okay, but you still have your inability yes. for Numenera on that one, so that made it twenty-one. But you do get <gasps> this machine. It looks like. There are some parts of it that definitely strike you as things that you have read about in terms of the technology of Corpus. But looking close, you can see that this has clearly been built around something to retrofit a piece of prior world technology. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely part of a train. You just don't know exactly what part of the train. You hear a little clatter from the table as he'll send almost knock something off the table. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> Baby, what are you doing? I'm looking. What are you doing? This is part of the train. We could really have some fun. What? Like what? What, what kind of fun? We could make life a lot more interesting for them. I mean, what are the odds, Daniel, if she just like stuck her hand in there and shook it around a little? It would break something. You don't have the power to selectively do that yet. Oh. <laughs> You can only walk through something at full phase. Mm, mm, not fun. I mean, you guys could try to break it. It's just you don't know what will happen if you do that because you don't understand the device enough for that. Now, what you could do as a delve... I'm just like, what if we salvaged it? You could try to salvage the prior world device inside of it, which would disable it and might net you some stuff from inside. I think delves get IO, usually. Usually IO, they could get parts, they can get synth they could get in some cases like you know you can break it all apart and there might even be something where you get like a whole cipher let's do it let's try salvaging fuck these guys why not be be a delve come on this is an 18 salvaging task you're trained in salvaging Mm -hmm. so that makes it a 15 and i assume you have light tools yes okay so that makes it a 12 and it's an intellect-based task He'll sense at the door of the room just while this is happening. Keep an eye out. Okay, cool. I should mention that on the far side of the room, there is another door that's sort of like person-sized and also a closed, like you would almost think of it like a garage door, presumably to move this piece in and out because it's too big to carry. Sure. I'm debating if I want to use effort. I'm going to use a level of effort. That's probably a good idea because then it gives you a greater than 50% chance. Yeah. Okay. So you're at a nine. I got a 15. Cool. So, this is what you find. You ready to write this down? Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. You find four pieces of IO, two of which are quantium, one of which is adaptive organic synth. The fourth one, you don't recognize. It looks kind of like a void stone, but it is not. It's, It's different. Like, normally when you encounter void stone as IO, it's usually sort of black and green, and there definitely has a greenish sheen to it, but it has all these, like, marblings of red. You also find two units of synth and a cipher. Yeah. Now, the cipher could also be salvaged if you choose after this, but on its own... Come on, nuke. It is a revealer dart. This device fires a metal dart at a single target within range. Upon striking the target, the device flashes bright red and issues a soft ringing that lasts for one hour. If the target tries to remove the dart, It delivers a current of electricity that inflicts three points of damage that ignores armor. Until the effect ends, the user has an asset on all attack rolls against the target. Hmm. And because it's a dart, it's a light weapon. Roll 1d6 for me. Five. 
Okay, it does five damage when it initially hits. What's with all the cleric spells we're getting? I got spiritual weapon, Alex got <laughs> fucking guiding bolt. Like, what is happening? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? So you could either keep it as a cipher, or you could in turn salvage it. It would be a level five salvaging task. But it's potentially a useful item, so... I know, and I'm just sitting here like... I don't want cipher sickness. I'm looking at my other ciphers like, hmm... Is there any of them that you could use now as, like, a buff? No, because I have, like, a paralyzing dart and a filament detonation. Oh, the filament one's cool, too. Yeah. I think I might salvage the standstill dart instead. And browse the dart? Yeah. Um, what level was that one? Uh, I don't think I have a level for it because it was the starting cipher. We might not have done a level since it wasn't about damage. Okay, roll 1d6. Three. Okay, so this will be a nine salvaging task. You are trained, and you have light tools, so it is a three salvaging target. Do you want Samson to roll it for you? No. <laughs> I got 15. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. Still in your luck, Samson. You find one generic IO and two parts. Okay. You've salvaged the shit out of this stuff. Hell yeah. Suck it. Esri. All right, that's two doors. Wait, so what was on the other side of the... That was the workshop on the other side of the central door? So at the workshop, there is another door straight ahead and a door to the right Straight ahead. She'll take a peek, see what's in there. Okay, so you go to the straight ahead spot and you can see what looks to be like a cafeteria. Oh, nice. There's no food laid out right now. It must not be when it's scheduled to do anything, but actually, let's put that to chance. Evens or odds? Evens. Stamson will die. Tell me if you get even or odd. Even. There is food still laid out. Yay! Yeah, she'll take anything that's not like... She won't take, like, scrambled eggs. You know, but she'll... (laughs) You don't want the soup? No. (laughs) Just pour the soup into your pocket? (laughs) I imagine she probably grabs a couple pots or pans, too, that... Whoever cooks has been looking for. Yeah. May pro- probably rotate cooking. All right. And she just like hangs two spatulas on her belt just because. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fine. Maybe a spatula and a whisk. Yeah. Because I, I was just thinking back just to remind you that you don't have your weapons or prior equipment. <gasps> oh, shit. That. Oh, where are they? <laughs> oh, no. Um. <laughs> oh, you should swing back to that workshop. Grab a hammer. If there were was a hammer available, she would have grabbed it, I think. Yeah, there's a hammer available. It's not anything like a sledge, but it's... It's a hammer. It's a hammer. It's a clawed hammer. Yes. Gross. Eye socket, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Now I'm thinking of Doral Hedro. <laughs> Got a hammer. And a spatula. Yes. So as far as food goes, there are breads. There's like a casserole tray that's like got something that looks like purplish vegetables you know almost what we would think of as like a long bean just purplish and then there is something that you assume is some sort of mashed root vegetable and finally there is a bunch of raw carrots essentially there's oddly something that's very similar to what we would think of in the current day as carrots it's just that these ones tend to make unhappy noises when you eat them she fits whatever she can in the bags that she has, and she's going to crack open that data sphere siphon, mm-hmm. and she's going to ask, where's my gear? Wow. So it suddenly floods you with imagery 
It's not like you're seeing a floor map or anything like that. It's just like, it's almost like if you can imagine your perception shifting across this building and showing you where to go, it is, if you were to go along that route, it leads you all the way back into the room that you woke up in and through the door on the other side. No! <laughs> but if this building's code, it's not the only way to get back to that <laughs> Transit Guild seems like people who care about code. Is there, like, an alternative route to, like, not have to go back the to right towards the weird monster? She's good at jumping, if that helps. That would be, I guess, a second question. No. All right. So... She's going to try to work the route she's going to take is trying to kind of work her way back around to that okay. door. They trapped her in a room with a scary freaking blood sucking monster. Those dicks. So you're in this cafeteria. There's another door on the far side. Yes. And she'll she'll move the cafeteria tables in front. She's, she's barricading as she goes. So, OK, she continues onward. OK, so you go through the next door and you find what appears to be a kitchen. You don't smell anything cooking right now. You can definitely see a door that's dead ahead. There's a bunch of stuff that's kind of blocking things to the right, but you think you see a door to the right over there, and you can hear wet sounds of ceramics clacking together as if somebody's washing dishes. You'll come around and see who's washing the dishes. Yeah, so you come around and you see a person in a rather normal outfit Nothing fancy. Young woman, maybe in her early 20s, about 5'2", with her hair tied back in a bun. And she is currently washing these dishes in kind of like a sink, like part sink, part tub. And they're just sort of humming to themselves. Excuse me. They scream, (laughs) jumping up, and they spin around. Who are you? Uh, I was captured and taken prisoner by... You folks, but I i was just letting you know that there's a, a monster raging through the building, and maybe you want to go home early. The honesty. Um, I'm going to need you to play that back for me a little bit slower, because I didn't understand any of those words in that combination. Someone kidnapped me, brought me here, locked me in a room with a monster that is now free, roaming the building. I'm trying to escape, slash recover my gear, slash kill the monster. You should just leave. This is all I have time for, so do with this, you know, whatever. I gotta go. Give me a persuasion roll. Target is gonna be a 12. Okay, and she is trained. Mm-hmm. 14. She pauses for a moment. She's like, okay. And she starts drying her hands off on a towel. And then she walks out this door on the right side and shuts it behind her. Well, she's gonna follow her. Okay. You go to the door. You open it up. It looks like a walk-in pantry. There are shelves filled with breads and spices. (gasps) And what appear to be some vegetables. Sweet, but no person. No. Oh, she's like secret room. (laughs) (laughs) She thinks she should uh, steal as much as possible and also see if there's like a secret switch or something. So, Okay, this will be like an investigation type role. And that is going to be a 15. Oh, 11. Yeah, so you're looking around for this switch, and you haven't found it yet. And then, because you've been looking so intently, you suddenly hear, somewhat distant, but from way back the way you came, the sound of something smashing. I'll investigate the smash sound. Okay. 
So that means you have to go back to the door that you barricaded previously. Oh, but she's just going closer. She's just listening. Is, did it sound like a monster breaking through a barricade or like someone dropping a dish? It was not unlike that level of smash. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. It's harder if she tries again, right? Or... If you want to retry it, you have to spend effort and... Oh, wait. Intellect effort? Yeah. What? I got that. It's all about all I got. All right. So that makes it a... This wouldn't be perception. Yeah, it's investigation. It's clearly investigation. Oh, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what did I say the target was last time? 15. Okay. So you have to spend effort. So that brings it down to a 12. 15. Okay. You're looking around as carefully as you can. And you finally find a spot that you think might be the switch. It's really carefully nestled next to one of the shelves that starts out like shortly after you enter this pantry. Pulls it, flips it. Okay. It's really just big enough for one finger. It's sort of recessed. And then you reach in and you press that button. And then all of a sudden the pantry door slams shut and you feel this intense sensation of movement. Uh-oh. As if you are going down very fast. In the secret tunnel. You're going to try to be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Roll for cool? Yes. As she's going farther and farther uh, away from her weapons. (laughs) Whoops. So you seem to be going down really, really fast. You don't really have any kind of way to see anything about where you're moving, but you seem to be moving fast. And then all of a sudden, at a certain point down... It seems to slow to a stop. You hear a little boop, boop, boop. And then all of a sudden it starts moving to the right. No! The walkivator. She's like clattering with all of her utensils. She's trying not to smash the bread. She's like, no! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until it finally slows down to a stop. Does the door open? You want to try to open it? Sure. Push the she push. She checks the other side for a different switch, and if there isn't one, she just pushes the same button. She, she's she's scared. Wait a second. Are you opening the door or are you pushing the button? Oh, oh! You just opened the door with a handle. I just assumed it was like an elevator. I would like to hit the door open button, please. <laughs> she opened the door. Yeah, the door has a handle. Um, I love these moments. So you open it up, and it's definitely warm here, and you can hear some clanging in the distance. But where it seems to have opened, it looks sort of like again, one of the things that you've noticed about this facility as you've been running around it is that all of the ceilings, walls, and floor are lined completely with synth everywhere. Which is probably smart, because even though that kind of construction is too expensive to try to do anywhere like in the Warrens, this probably seals the inside of the building away from the gas. But this part opens up into this sort of synth corridor. But looking forward, you can see that somewhere ahead, the synth corridor sort of ceases, and then it's a walk through stone through a tunnel. Not one of the tunnels, but some sort of... Secret tunnel! tunnel. (laughs) Okay, figuring that monsters can't use the elevator... Does that work for Ripley? (laughs) Ezra's going to pop a squat for ten minutes. Okay. Another recovery roll. Oh, good, another good roll. Yes, another recovery roll. (laughs) Okay. Again, you can hear clanging off in the distance forward. Oh, okay. Well, after ten minutes, she's like, well, I should check that out. Okay. So you go walking down that direction. You continue to hear clanging. 
seem to be any particular kind of planking. Sounds like metal against metal. Okay. Well, she's not going back at this point, so she will go onward. Okay. You go onward, and you reach this cavern, and you can see this immense underground pool, maybe even underground lake. You're not sure. You don't know how deep it is. Utterly placid and still. It is lit overhead by red lights. And when you look up at the source of the lights, you see pretty high above you, say 20 meters above you, you can see this suspended bridge of tracks leading across. And up there, you can see what appears to be one of the droners, which are the internal trains in the city. It seems to just be sitting there. And you can see some figures moving around the exterior of it, banging on it with tools. And nothing, this lake, that that train, is there a way up, does it look like, from down here? Where's that chick or person? You don't see her. Yeah. You can see at the edge of the lake, there seems to be, like, a small, like, rowboat sitting there. On the far side of the lake, there is a rather, like, essentially, like, what you would expect in terms of a ladder and, like, if you were going down into a sewer from a manhole. On the other side? All right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start rowing, then. Okay. You start rowing. Give me a perception roll of 15. 19. I'll tell you what you notice, and then you can propose a minor effect. As you row, you notice from about a short distance away, elsewhere in the water, a ripple of motion. It's going to row faster. (laughs) What would you propose as a minor effect? To be able to perhaps see a secondary motion in the water or something that gives her a gauge of like direction and speed so she knows the best angle. So the ripple is definitely kind of moving at that direction, and then you do see, like, a slight swell of water as if there's something kicking just below the surface. Oh, yeah. Wow. thought Esri would last longer than this. I feel like we should check other door real quick. Maybe not go in there, because I think this garage space isn't productive for us, but we should check that door. Mm-hmm. Okay. You go, and you open that door. So the first thing you notice when you open that door is... Even though you are definitely below the surface, what you come upon is essentially what looks to be train tracks. There's no train here right now, but it seems to be a pretty significant tunnel where the trains must come in at some point. But the tunnel itself to your left is not super long and seems to go up, and you can hear the rain from beyond it. And you can see the rainwater like sort of streaming down alongside the tracks here. The tunnel goes off to the right into darkness, and you can occasionally hear like almost like a rhythmic clang to the right. You said sizable tunnel. How big are droners? I assume this is a droner track. Droners are two levels, so they're still pretty significant. So this is still a pretty big tunnel. Okay. In fact, it doesn't really make sense that this tunnel should be here. Like you would think the top of the tunnel would be outside if that was the case, but you're not. It doesn't make sense. How, how deep down this still is. And the other thing you can notice on the far side of the tracks, there appears to be some sort of machinery that looks quite a bit more complicated than a pulley, almost like you assume it's almost like some sort of rudimentary crane that might have been used to move a part in to a train from here. Mm-hmm. You could probably make an educated guess that this might be some sort of special maintenance stop for trains. Yeah, um... The building that we entered into, is that it's publicly known as, like, an office space for the Transit Guild? It's an office space for the Transit Guild. Okay. And then, 
like shipyards is that somewhere else in the surface city basically yeah okay. i mean the shipyards have to be like so if you're talking about like shipyards for boats that's gonna be no shipyards for like uh train yards is what i meant train yards yeah that's definitely somewhere else okay okay yeah so it is weird that there will be a train track going this deep into the surface city mm-hmm. okay magpie would know for sure that this isn't like part of any particular route that's published anywhere there's no route that takes the droners underground. I think after spending a year, Ilsen would have some idea of how the trains work, just because mm-hmm. she would look at those and like, all right, potential escape routes, I can get on a train, go somewhere else, and then mm-hmm. use that. So I think she would have some idea. Magpie, this is looking like a uh, somewhat tangential to uh, our purpose here. You hear that clanging to your right in the distance. We should probably find what we came here for, and then maybe use this as an escape route. I, I was thinking the same thing, yes. Although I also imagine that a route such as this might be uh, watched on the outside, because this, this probably should not be here. Well, if we set the entire building on fire and then run out like it's on fire, I think they'll understand. Okay. Uh, next step, we <laughs> that's not our next step, though. First, we find Esri, and we put that on the farthest back burner we have. I got it. Plan B. Uh, that can- Plan D, at least. Come on. <laughs> potato, potato. I, no. Pissing off the Transit Guild? That's not something we do either. That, that would that'd be disastrous. You already stole from them. I already borrowed from them. Okay, yeah, but that's different. That's not blowing up the whole <laughs> building. We've already assaulted one of their persons and probably will be suspected for their death. I, no. And you totally did, like, essentially sabotage a piece of train equipment. Yeah. Like, that shit won't work anymore unless they get a new piece of prior world technology to put inside of it. Or if they've got a right that can attempt to rebuild it, but then they would need to source the IO and parts. I'm not saying we haven't done damage, but we could run from this. We say this as we're going back into the mm-hmm. corridor, I think. Yes. Okay, so you go back into the corridor, shut the door. Any new people in the corridor are still empty? Still empty. Uh, I think we go to the farthest door on the left. Okay this time by process of elimination much less time to find the key that opens it and inside here you see what looks to be almost like a barracks there's tons of bunk beds in here at the end of each bunk bed are foot lockers there are some clothes here um laid out folded uniforms of transit guild employees on the far side of the room there's a door leading directly out And then on the right side of the room, there's a door leading out as well. All but one of the beds is made. One of the beds is still a little disheveled, like somebody got out of bed and didn't straighten the sheets. The other doors, do one of those look like bathrooms or showers or something like that? Good question. The one that's straight across looks like it might be labeled like a bathroom. But again, it's not labeled in the language that you guys recognize. It's like some other, like, glyph language. Okay. Are there any noises of showering happening or any activity coming from the other rooms? I would like to offer you an XP. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, I'll take an XP. Will you give the other one too? How about Alex? You do hear the sound of a shower in the other room. In fact, you hear what sounds like multiple showers. And when you strain your hearing, you can hear voices. You can't make out exactly what they're saying, but it sounds like they're making jokes to each other and then one by one 
you start hearing the showers turn off. Uh, Elsen turns on her heels and pushes Magpie out of the room. Okay. Do you shut the door behind you? Yes, and quietly. Oh, give me a self-roll of 12. Should it be both of us? I think you could walk out, no problem, Magpie. It's a question of whether or not he can shut the door silently enough as the other door begins to open. Fair. Training in stealth and one level of effort. So six. Yep. I'm going to spend my XP. Reroll that two. (laughs) 17. Okay. So tell me how you almost close this silently. Realize you're fucking up and then resolve it. Hmm. So I think what Magpie sees is the door is closing slowly and starting to squeak, and then suddenly it kind of stops making so much noise as it closes entirely. What Ilsen has done is, I think, slowly try, started closing the door, but then it started to squeak, so she kind of pushed her gravity powers into the door a little bit to make it lighter, so that it squeaked mm-hmm. less on the hinges. Okay. Okay. It's a nice, subtle use. Thank you. So you get the door shut. To be clear, Magpie does very much notice that the door just stopped squeaking, kind of, suddenly. Mm-hmm. So the door is shut, which is good, because as you were shutting the door, you heard the beginning of the other door opening and more voices coming. Now what? We gotta go. Why? Because more guards are in there. We could take them. <laughs> okay, have fun. Ilsen goes down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Magpie follows. Okay, where are you going to? <sighs> I do want to check that last door, but I also feel like we should not be down this corridor anymore. I agree. We should probably get out of this corridor as fun as mass murder could be. Remember, you're tier one. Mass murder is not a guarantee for you guys right now. I know, but the completionist in me is just like, we need to go in that room! <laughs> check all the loot! I mean, we can check. We can check. Can we quickly like get the key in there, just open the door, see what's up there, and then get out of here? Sure. Because I'm also suspecting that maybe some of those guards in there their workspace is down here and some are going to go to that garage and notice that shit's not working. Ooh. Okay. Fair. Fair. So you unlock this door and open it. You go in the door. Go ahead and roll me a perception roll of 12. 9 with my flex skill. 18. You can hear the door that you guys just departed down the hall starting to open and you hear one man's voice saying like that's weird it was already unlocked oh oh we definitely didn't lock the other door so do you shut the door behind you unlock it yes yes okay give me a 12 stealth roll to try to shut it silently so that nobody hears the door shutting down the hall as they're opening the one down the hall you uh whose role is this whoever's shutting the door uh, uh another love efforts training in stealth six again seven and you shut it silently. Lock it, lock it, lock it. Magpie locks it. Okay, since you're locking it, I need a 12 stealth roll from you. Can I assist? Sure. So that would make it a 9. I was going to say, how do you assist in locking a door? Do you fart so no one can hear it? Um. Like, I want it. Like, this is me, Alex, the person wanting to know, just because I'm just like, what? I mean, that is a good point. Can you give me an argument for how you do it? I'm sorry! I help guide it in. Crazy. <laughs> I got a 14, but freezing. So you get it locked very quietly. You have to be very careful in how you move the latch because the locks tend to be pretty heavy duty here. But you manage to slip it into place with only the faintest click. With that done and that emergency out of the way, you turn around and you see 
there is a room here that has a lot of these glyphs on the walls again. On one far side, there seems to be a sort of like coat hanger, and from that, an array of these sort of dark cloaks. There's two doors on the far wall, one door to the left, and two doors to the right. Two right, one left, one far wall. Mm-hmm. And this is a, like, kind of a coat room, or at least uniform room? There's these cloaks here, and there are all these lifts. There's a few scattered, like, stools and things like that, but no other furniture that you can see. Okay. Before the front of each door, there are some odd carvings in the floor with some sort of synth inlaid, forming like a semicircle in front of the doors. Can I inspect one of these cloaks? Yeah. The cloaks appear to be just made of a nice fabric. They're thick enough that they would probably be decent against the rain, but they're all sort of uniform in color. Other than that, they just appear to be cloaks. The thing is that they're all so uniform. They also feel like they're really nice fabric. It's almost like you would think of them almost more like ceremonial than something you would wear out and about. <laughs> okay. I've got nothing but good news for you guys today. I, it's great. It's great news. Joyous tidings. I am 90% sure something's going to happen if we try to open up one of these doors. But we gotta. We gotta do it. I know, but I circle's going to go off and just be like, identification needed and then we won't have identification and then we'll be fine well in the new guard stuff do we only find keys just keys uh, i mean we could the circle will go off they'll say hey you need identification and then we go back and mug somebody alex for tier one for tier one it'll be fine do you guys want to inspect one of those semicircles to see if you can determine more about what it does <laughs> the lore of semicircles why not sure it why not? So it'll require a 12 understanding Numenera roll. So that makes it a 15 for both of you. That's what I was afraid of. Can I have the Laura semicircles, please? <laughs> no. Um, I'm going to put a level of effort into this to make that a 12. I'm going to wait and see what you get. 11. Okay, I'll put a level of effort. 16. This seems to be related in some way to preparation for entering those doors. And it seems to be keyed to, like, you step on them, and then once you turn the handle, it triggers. The interesting thing is you don't see necessarily locks on these doors. You think that the circles themselves are the locks. But it doesn't seem to be related to identification. It's clearly like Numenera, but it's oddly specific. And it's weird since Lathe is sort of built from the ground up, and you're not sure, like, were these always here? Were these something that the Transit Guild had rights built for them? You don't know. But it's oddly specifically aligned with the architecture of this building. And this building has screamed, for the most part, with the exception of the weird train tracks that you saw, typical Lathe architecture. So you would assume maybe a right made it. So here's the question. With my understanding of it, would we know if salvaging it would get us past it? Mm. Or would it just make it so broken no one could ever pass through it again? Ooh. Give me a... I would allow a salvaging Numenera roll to try to understand okay. this, this particular case. So it'll be... It's just an understanding, so your tools won't help you. It's a salvaging Numenera of 15. You're trained, so it's a 12. I got a 13. You could salvage it. It would probably mean that this door's lock wouldn't open anymore. There is a lock. And two, in the process of examining it for salvaging, you realize that this is part of a network. Oh. 
so there's a chance that it could set off an alarm if you were to take it offline. About how thick would you say this door is? The door itself is... Average door? No, it's thicker than that. I would say it is, and it's not a door that opens like in or out or anything like that necessarily. It's one of those pocket doors? Yeah, it's like it slides. So it would be a, probably about, it looks like it's probably about four inches thick. Mechanically, we'll just say you can say, like, you know it's at least four inches thick. I'm assuming we need to get through this door. Uh, We need to get through one of the doors. Did your, what have you, with your scribblings and salvagings? You hear cries of alarm from back in the corridor. Okay. <laughs> oh. And then you hear alarm bells in the building start to ring. Hey, baby, I'll be right back. I promise. Where are you going? And she just starts backing out back through the door. Okay, so you start phasing backwards through the door. So it takes you four rounds to do this, so it's like 12 seconds. You can't see or perceive or feel till you're all the way through. <laughs> So, Gilsen, you see Magpie step backwards into this circle and then start phasing backwards through the door, like almost like she's a ghost. What? I, no, can you bring me through? Wait, what are you doing? She doesn't seem to respond to you. Like, her face almost like kind of goes blank for a moment as she passes through. Did she explain anything about the circle before? Oh, no, I did not. <sighs> you phase through. And you are on the other side of this door, standing in what appears to be a companion semicircle. And then there's a door to the left that looks particularly reinforced. There is a door on the right, which seems like more like a normal standard door. But the door on the left has a lit up indicator. And it's got some glyphs there, but it also has words in the language that you understand. And that is... It says, experiment in progress. So is there any, like, way for me to open the door from this side? You pull the handle and open it for a moment before it turns. The circle lights up, and you hear a voice. Sterilization in process. And you feel this strange force against your body. And oddly enough, like, you suddenly feel like any of the grime that you picked up from being beneath the surface in the Warrens or from any of the other work that you've been doing tonight. Even the blood, the bit of like dried blood that had matted to your skin underneath the clothes suddenly feels like it's gone. And then the door slides open and you see Ilsen standing there. Uh, Ilsen runs through the door quickly. Okay, so as you run to the door, as soon as you cross the circle, the door slams shut. Only one through at a time. Sterile shield compromised. <sighs> so now there's a closed door. Like, it, it was so fast, the magpie, like, it just yanked out of your hand and slammed shut before she could reach all the way through. So wait, we're both on the same side, right? Nope. It slammed shut before Ilsen could get there. Oh, fuck. You think that this is meant to be like almost like an airlock type thing, but there's only one physical door. So on Elsen's side, she's going to hop off the circle, because I think she'll put that together. These cloaks, are they on hangers at all? Yes, they are. Okay. They're hanging off of like little posts sticking out. Can I like break off a piece of metal from one of those hangers or something? Sure. And then can I shove that piece of metal into the uh, lock of the door into this room, that the one that leads into the hallway? What I'm trying to do is basically sabotage the lock so that anybody trying to get in here behind us would have to, like, work at it. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, you could try that. So there's two things that come into play here. 
Do you have anything for like lock picking or locksmithing or anything like that? Because it's probably going to take two rolls. It's going to take one that's something like that to understand how to do it, and another roll for the stealth so that nobody hears you doing it. I got lies and trickery. I got careful movement, but nothing explicitly uh, lock picking. Yeah, so you can definitely try it. I'm going to say this is going to be a 12 intellect roll to figure out how you would do that. You will have an asset on the stealth roll because there are alarms going off. Nice. Okay. I do have a pack of light tools. Does that help me at all? Light tools would help you. Okay. Then I'm going to roll that nine. 16. Okay. So you can definitely jam the lock. Let's see how quietly you did it. So you have an asset on this. So it will be a nine for stealthiness. I'm not going to spend a speed effort, so it will still just be a six with training. 11. Okay. You have stealthily jammed this lock. What is Magpie doing? She's going to try and open the door again. Sterilization in process. And again, there you feel this force go across, and then the door opens. She kind of likes the tingles. And she's going to try and step out of this circle, like backwards, like out of back further into the semicircle. So you're trying to go back farther away from the door? Yes. Okay. As you exit the circle, the door closes. It's going to go back, open the door, and say, okay, you try it from your side. Count to ten and then open the door. And then she steps back out of the circle and the door closes again. Yep. Ilsa waits nine seconds and then opens the door. So you step in the circle. Sterilization in progress. And you feel this field go over you. And again, all the grime, all the sweat, everything is like cleared from your body and your clothing. And then the door opens easily to your hand. Uh, Ilsen steps through, closes it. Okay. Yeah, so you step through, close it, and then you guys are both in this hallway with these two doors. One that says, experiment in progress, and one which is a normal door. And then, the experiment in progress begins blinking, and the sign shifts its characters. It changes to almost a warning red, and it says, containment breach in experiment room. And that's where we'll end this episode. Ooh. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, hmm. Samson, something about this episode. I like that we don't know about each other's powers. Mm-hmm. Or at least we didn't for most of this. Mm-hmm. What else? I don't know. I just kind of like the world building, I guess, in this one. Yeah. Secret tracks, R&D department for a train company that doesn't really need R&D. They already have their trains. What do they need it for? Mm-hmm. Secret tunnels. And then these locks, I thought it was going to be the cloaks. I thought we had to wear the cloaks to get through, but Ilsen didn't have that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> and also, one final thing, classic TTRPG moment where we had trouble with the door. Mm-hmm. So we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, an XP to check out something that we think you'd really dig. This week, it is my turn. And not to be a broken record, since this is from an author I've also recently recommended. But I've been on a kick reading their books lately, and that is The All-Consuming World by Cassandra Kaw. This is a sci-fi story about a team of broken people that have to reunite for, again, as you'd expect, one last job. Most of the story is told from the perspective of Maya, who has died and been resurrected countless times into these like clone cyborg bodies like clones are sort of owned until they can buy their patent back 
and then they can go live their free lives. She's died and resurrected into all these bodies through years as part of her long, dangerous career with a crew called the Dirty Dozen, which is a storied group of criminals in the galaxy. And the relationship that she has with their sort of leader is really fucked up. It's kind of a mixture of an abusive relationship that might also be in some ways influenced by the fact that, you know, as a still a clone, she has a built in biological desire to please her leader. It's also kind of fucked up because like it's a combination of emotional and physical and surgical abuse over the course of this long lifespan. And what they have done is they realize that the AI, the minds of the galaxy, are in the process of doing something big, and they want to make sure that humanity will never, ever regain control. And as they become aware of this conspiracy, this dirty dozen, this band of violent women, all half-clone and half-machine, must deal with their own traumas and compete with sapient aid ships, which are sort of the most powerful mines, which are these massive ships with, like, world-destroying weaponry. And those ships want them dead. And so it's a race to try to complete this task to deal with the conspiracy and hopefully settle their own affairs once and for all. That sounds messy. Mm-hmm. It's super messy. It's a definitely a sci-fi novel, but you can definitely see why, like, even though it predates a lot of their horror stuff, mm. Cassandra Ka is also very firmly, like, one of the breakout new voices in horror. And you can definitely see elements of that at play here. But yeah, The All-Consuming World by Cassandra Ka, great book, love it a whole lot. If people wanted to tell us what they think about The All-Consuming World or the podcast, how would they do that, Samson? Well, they can come to our website, explorerswanted.fm. On there, they'll see all our socials. On Twitter, we are at Explorers Wanted. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Explorers Wanted Podcast. On Mastodon, we are at Explorers Wanted at Dice.Camp. But the best way to talk to us and kind of keep in touch with what we're doing is come to our Discord. Explorerswanted.fm slash Discord. That's kind of our main thing right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Also, if it is within your means and you're feeling generous, patreon.com slash explorerswanted is the best place to support us. Or you could also use our Dice Philly code Die Hard Dice. Explorers Wanted at checkout, get 10% off your order. Or you could do both. That'd be cool too. But what else could they do, Dan? Well, if you can't financially support us, really the best thing you can do is tell your friends, tell them why you like the show, why they should listen to us. Lock them in a room. Don't let them out until they've listened to the show and given it their own five-star reviews, that kind of thing. Consensually, consensually, consensually. No kidnapping. Yeah. Unless consensual. Second best thing that you can do is leave us a five-star written review on a podcast directory like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. It makes such a big difference when people are trying to find a show and find one that they like. You know, when somebody finds a show's podcast listings, their first thing they're going to do is like look at at least some of the recent reviews to see if there's something that makes a difference to us. So while we appreciate every five-star the written reviews are really what help bring people to a podcast and give them the interest to try it out. And if you didn't like the podcast, or if you thought it was meh, well, his house is cavernous. Its hallways and alcoves are weaved together less like a home and more like some sort of cursed beehive. And appropriately, you can hear a constant buzzing that seems to keep changing directions. You turn your head to find the source but it always moves just out of your field of vision. You're not sure how you got here. You thought you had gotten up to go to the kitchen, but you're here now and the buzzing is getting louder. 
and he is coming. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Mastodon as Daniel at Anderlik, A-N-D-R-L-I-K dot org. You can find me on our Discord. I'm Stace Windu. I'm going to tell my kids that that was the B movie. I'm at Slam Potato on Twitter and <laughs> at Slam Potato at Dice.Camp on Mastodon. God damn it. You have reawakened those memories in my mind of that horror of that bee trying to fuck that actual lady. I thought the lady was trying to fuck the bee. I mean, it was consensual bestiality. Is that bestiality? <laughs> bestiality. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> MT with a unicorn on Twitch and Threads and Real to Unicorn on Twitter until it burns down. Mm. It's almost there. It really is. All right. That's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye! bye.